Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back, everyone. All the colours of the bow in the Moon Underwater pub quiz. Uh, we're about to uh, return to Ellie's pub, but we must, we must be removed from these ten to hooks, Robin. So take it away. Thanks, John. Yes, this week's Moon Underwater pub quiz was all about colours. And question one was, what colour are the O's in the Google logo? Ellie. Can I just say that I I know that Idaho had famous potatoes, by the way. Just Thank you. Go back. Be, that, was that, that was that the being, thing that any that everybody should know? Well, and Rachel I'm, Burden and and John did not know. Yes, I've been getting a lot of tweets saying yes. people have heard of the Idaho potato. Yes, yes, <laughs> famous potatoes. In fact, um, and this is to kind of slightly divert from the fact that I'm absolutely struggling with these colours. Are, are, are the rings in the centre of the Google logo the same colours? No. Right. Okay. I'm going. Well, I'm going to wildly guess and say one of them is red, and I'm guessing the other one is yellow. Okay, John. Well, I resisted the temptation to look it up in my mind just with the click of my own <laughs> mind. Um, I've gone yellow and blue. It is yellow and red. So Ellie is bang right. That's unbelievable. I suppose so. It's a two in five chance, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Red, red, and yellow. Yeah, I googled it today, which is the stupidest thing I've ever done because I didn't need to Google it. Um, but yeah, red and yellow are the O's. Question two: What color is the middle ring of the Olympics logo, Ellie? Well, I'm looking around my room with some desperation because I have got so many. I've been to, I have covered twelve Olympic games for the BBC, and so you would have thought that there would be something somewhere in this room which had the Olympics logo on. In actual fact, sitting right next to me on my desk is a mug from the Commonwealth Games, oh. so we're on props. But that's utterly <laughs> useless because the Commonwealth <laughs> Games logo has nothing to do with the Olympic logo. So the middle ring, I think, is going to be blue. Ellie's gone blue. John, what are you saying? I'm going black. It is black. Oh, Well done. Black was my second choice. Good question. It is a good question, actually. I feel like I should, I should commit this to memory because it's not the first <laughs> time it's a, come up on a pub quiz. Can I just say that I'm, a pub quiz is... Fill me with dread because it's the kind of thing which I will go to. And if I'm on somebody's team, they will say, 
Oh, the sports round, right? We're going to play our joker on the sports round because you're going to know everything. <laughs> yeah. And and I normally let myself down horribly. Oh, really? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you do you ever do the thing where you go? Oh, it's definitely that, though. It's definitely that. Yeah. Well, I, I remember doing a quiz a few years ago when the question was, which team won the Team of the Year competition in the Sunday Times Sportswoman of the Year Awards in 2015? And I was thinking, oh, I'm. Was it netball? Was it the netball team, or was it was there a rugby World Cup that year? Maybe it was the rugby team. And I said, I said, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the netball team. And the correct answer was the rugby team, which would have been less unforgivable if it weren't for the fact that I was the chair of the judges for the Sunday <laughs> Sportswomen of the Year awards oh, no. that year. <laughs> anyway. Well. I've not been invited back <laughs> to, to the quiz, that is. Uh, question three of our pub quiz was the slightly cryptic one. If 1 to 250,000 is green and 1 to 100,000 is blue and 1 to 50,000 is pink, what colour is 1 to 25,000? So, Ellie, what do you think for that one? And what do you think for the premise, first off? Well, I yeah, I mean, the premise... Is it a snooker question? Is it snooker related? I don't want to give John any clues. No, <laughs> no. Okay. Um, right, well, I'm, I'm going to have an absolute stab in the dark and say um, because even if it was snooker related, I'm not entirely sure that I'd, I'd have got it right anyway. But I will say brown. Brown. Okay, John. What What are you saying? Well, I think the premise. I, and I'm not 100% sure on this because the one is throwing me off. But I think the premise is the cost of monopoly uh, properties. Interesting. Mm, interesting. Because the, But then the blue would be the most expensive. Because mm. Mayfair and Park Lane are the most expensive. Aren't they? Oh, I and thought And it they depends were on the colour of the blue. Yeah, because they're dark blue, and then and then you've got the, you've got the the ones around the other side, which are the, the kind of paler blue. Well, I've I've got yellow slash orange. Uh, okay, okay. Well, weirdly, John, you're absolutely right. It is orange, Ooh. but your reasoning is wrong because I was talking about ordnance survey maps. Oh, right. That's obviously oh, wow. too hard. I mean, that's completely <laughs> and utterly insane. <laughs> it's not insane. <laughs> when was the last time anyone used an ordnance survey map? All the time. Really? I mean, you know, maybe 20 odd years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I'm, cle- I'm clearly talking about scales, like concepts of scales. Why is that clear? Because I'm using scales. I'm saying 1 to 250,000, 1 to 100,000. And I actually wrote that down. And now I look at them, I, th- I think, yeah, no, that, that is fair enough. 1 to 250,000 is... Mm. I bet still, never in a million years. Never in a million years. Well, yeah, I mean, it, maybe this is the Idaho potatoes again. No, it's definitely not. It's really hard. But yes, very well done if you've got it at home. It's quite only connect. Uh, yeah, green is the uh, 1 to 250,000. They're roadmaps. Blue maps, 1 to 100,000 are tour maps. The pink ones are the Land Ranger maps, and the Explorer maps are orange with a scale of 1 to 25,000. So if you've got that at home, well done. But the thing is, when when you say 1, 2, it could be between 1 and 250,000, between 1 and 100, 1 and 100,000. I mean, the art of the, 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 you know, the question setter is the ambiguity, John. I'd love to see you do these questions at an actual pub quiz. Can, can you do that? <laughs> can this be arranged? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. We'd have to get him an armoured car and security <laughs> guards and a helmet. I, I like doing hard ones. No, it yeah. is good. It's good once you know. Mm. Yeah. Um, so... Superb, challenging uh, moon underwater <laughs> pub quiz there. Wait, John, you won. You got it right. 
with Orange. You won with two and a half points. Yeah, it's a half because you shouldn't really be able to say two because I wasn't sure whether it was whether it was the orange colours or the yellow ones in Monopoly. So it was, I was a million miles away. I'm just kicking myself that I haven't got Olympic posters hanging in my rooms. I've got three Olympic posters <laughs> hanging downstairs in my hall, but not in my bedroom. I was so far away, you couldn't have found my position on a green map. Mm, um, it's true. We must now return to Ellie's dream pub. It's got echoes of Lords. I think probably your dream pub, on the one side you look out and you see Lords Cricket Ground, and on the other side you look out and you see a sort of a French bay. Yeah, well, I think water, actually. When I was thinking about the, the key pubs in my life, water has a definite theme to this because I, I live not very far away from the river in, in London. And so, you know, something overlooking the Thames, there's the... Like, oh, should, I, should I just throw some names in, perhaps? You know, the uh, the White Hart in Barnes, just, just down from Barnesbridge, which has got the most fabulous terrace to sit outside and, and you know, and you watch the tides coming and going and the, the sun setting over Chiswick Bridge in one direction and Barnesbridge in the other direction. Um, also, also in Barnes, the, the sun in, which has got, you know, the, it's got the pond, you know, the Barnes duck pond, and you can take your pint and go and sit on the bench and, and watch the, the ducks, you know, and the, and the geese and the swans on, on Barnes Pond. I, I was actually down in Dorset on holiday quite recently and went to an amazing pub at Seatown, uh, which is not very far away from Bridport, called The Anchor. And it's actually, to maximise the view, the terrace has, has kind of got its seats in, in sort of little, like little rows, like a little amphitheatre. So you can sit. So I sat there with my pint of Dorset gold and my Moule Marinière on a, the most beautiful October day, looking out over the sea next to this Swiss family that I found myself sitting next to. And I spoke German for the first time in 20 years. And, you know, this is not something that kind of... I mean, I, I did speak German. I, I did languages at university. And had a lovely conversation, sharing a pint of Dorset gold with this charming Swiss family overlooking the sea um, at Seatown and the beach. And it was just heavenly. I have to say, it looks absolutely superb in my mm. mind. Mm. Oh, Sun my was shining. Goodness gracious. Just that silvery light that you get on the water. Oh, yes, please. Mm. Oh, what great points of reference for your dream pub. So, so, so I've got, so I, I can have cricket, I can have a bit of water. Can I have, can I have a choir in there as well? A choir? <laughs> the reason I say this is because, because you, you know, as you correctly identified, John, cricket is one of my big things in my life and big passions in my life. But I also love choirs and choral music and I sing in a choir. Um, and during the summer, I, I allowed, uh, this last summer just gone, I, I brought together these two big passions in my life. And I did a documentary on Radio 4 about the links between cricket and choirs. Did you? I, I did. And it had its genesis, suitably biblically, in a pub in Barnes, um, with the producer I was working with, who I because the other thing I've I've done for the BBC quite a lot recently is is big sort of state occasions. So I did the Queen's funeral, um, I did the Jubilee service as well at St Paul's Cathedral, and so the producer that I work with on those is a massive cricket fan. Um, so he produces big church services, big kind of religious things. He produces Coral Evensong on Radio Three, and he's a massive fan of cricket and he's a massive fan of pubs. And so we sat in this pub in Barnes and we said, do you know what? There's an awful lot that links cricket, because obviously Sir Alistair Cook, another of your great heroes, um, I know, John, was a chorister at St Paul's Cathedral as a, as a little boy. Um, and being part of a team and being part of a choir, you've got to work together. You, you're part of that same 
joyous experience. Hopefully things are going well. Um, you've, it's about timing. So we interviewed Foxy Fowler, Graham Fowler, who was a, who sang in the Lancashire Schools Choir. We interviewed Sir Clive Lloyd, who was in the choir at uh, St George's Cathedral at Georgetown in Guyana as a, as a little boy. It's also game over when your balls drop. This is actually very, very true indeed. Well, not necessarily, because you might find yourself a baritone or a bass yes. or a tenor after after a suitable interlude. But yes, yes, your chorister life finishes at that particular <laughs> point. Um, but also, if you play for a cricket team, if you play for a village cricket team, or if you sing in a choir, if you sing even song on a Sunday or or during the week, the thing you do at the end of that is you go to the pub. Yes. So I have I've had some great times in pubs with my cricket friends and I've had some great times in pubs with my with my choir friends. And actually my daughter has just just finished at Exeter. She had had four years at Exeter Uni and she was quite involved with um, the choir world there. And there is a great pub around the corner from Exeter Cathedral called the Turk's Head. And I found myself in there during probably probably springtime this year. And she she said, Mum, don't you think it's time you went home? And this is when we were on our fourth round of shots. And shots. Shots, right. I know. So yeah, she said, she said, I think it's time for you to go back to the hotel. What would you say then to the sound because you want a choir in your pub, the sound of choral music whilst going for a pint, it would give it a very sort of uh, ethereal quality. It would, yeah. We, it would be very, it, and particularly when they've all had several pints. Mm. And actually when, when I was, one of the occasions that I was out with my, my daughter and her choir friends in, in Exeter, you know, I'm not, what, I'm not what to appear like an embarrassing mum who always hangs out with their, their kids and saying, that's fine. Yeah, because actually choirs are quite a mixed group because you've got, the, you know, you've got the, obviously not the kids because they're not allowed to go to the pub, but you've got the the young students, you know, the recent graduates who are who are the young sopranos or tenors or whatever. But then you've got the people who've been part of the choir for 40 years. So it's quite a mixed group. And actually, you know, and that's one of the fun things about it. And we went to went on one of the occasions. Um, it was it was somebody's birthday. So the whole choir sang happy birthday to you or the whole gang sitting around the table. And it was utterly tuneful and massively over the top because they were all harmonising like mad in places that you would never normally harmonise. And happy birthday <laughs> to you and showing off hugely. But that was that was good fun. What did you think of during the Queen's funeral, James Macmillan's? Peace. Uh, yes, it was. It was a setting of "Like as the Heart," Desire of the Waterbrooks, and and actually, I might, might come back to this piece. But um, I think if you're going to have, and this is this is the nerdiest, nichest choir thing I, I will say on this podcast. If you're going to have "Like as the Heart," you have Herbert Howells's "Like as the Heart," because that is the ultimate anthem. You know your anthems. Robin, are you? Well, I, I like I do like James McMillan, and I, I did yeah. really like. I mean, that. I'm a big fan of James McMillan as well, actually. Yeah, because didn't he write that especially for the occasion? I think he. I think it was a new. I think it was a. It was a new commission. Yeah, for the occasion. Because it was quite strangely uh, dissonant in some ways, and uh, you know, which, uh, but very striking. It's very beautiful. It was very beautiful. I, I, my 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 bit of the funeral was actually in St George's Chapel. Oh, I see. Um, yeah. So I I watched I watched the the Abbey service and listened listened to that as well, but. Um, but yeah, I was I was all about the William Henry Harris anthem, Bring Us O Lord God, which is just so heartbreakingly beautiful. Um and I thought the choice of music was amazing all round. So I I'm not I'm not that great a singer, but I love being in a choir and I love singing and it just it's one of those things, I mean, because I was never any good at sport, but just the endorphins you get from from playing sport, doing well, being with your mates, being part of that that joint, that joint endeavour. 
it is, you know, I, I kind of get that energetic feeling from from singing an even song and and feeling like everyone has blended in a beautiful way. Well, what an extraordinary sound and sight it's going to be in this pub with a view of Lord's Cricket Ground, the English Channel, and a choir. A choir in the corner. Um, yeah. A choir singing Herbert Howells. <laughs> but what two spirits are you going to have? Well, uh, the first one is going to be a gin, mm-hmm. um, which I'm currently halfway down. And again, going going back to the whole cider thing, no flavouring. I mean, apart from your your, you your know, classics, your aromatics. Yeah, you're you're allowed a few extra aromatics in there as well, but but not rhubarb, not. I've got some I've got some Seville gin, which is some Seville orange gin, which is quite nice. But no, it's it's a it's a good solid gin. I'm I'm not going to go quite as simple as as Rachel because I think Rachel said Rachel Burden said beef eater. That's all she wants. She just wants a wants a basic beef eater. I think I might go for actually. There's a, a Tanqueray T10 which I've been drinking recently, which is nice. Which apparently is a very good cocktail mixer. And and so that's what I'm that's what I'm on quite a lot currently. Probably a slimline tonic. And I, and I know people don't like slimline tonics, but it, but there are there are certain brands of slimline tonic which don't make you taste like you're drinking something very saccharine. Yes, are we talking fever tree here? We are talking fever tree. I think the thing with slimline tonic is people don't realise how much sugar is in tonic water because it tastes so bitter. Yeah, that's right. So you kind of think, why would I have slimline tonic? Why? It probably even tastes even more bitter. But yeah, there's a heck of a lot of sugar in it. And I think sometimes, because I know that there are so many gins now and the, and the choice of gins is ludicrous, you're drinking it and you think, I, I, I'm... The bottle is telling me that there are flavours and there are aromatics and there are specific things. In this, and I can't taste it because of the tonic. So sometimes you've got to have it neat. Ooh. Just a little sip. A little sip. Yeah, I think that must be the only way to really sort of decipher whether the things they're telling you or suggesting to you with their labels is, is actually true. Though I have to say, every time I've tasted gin neat, it's, I've found it absolutely unpalatable. Yeah, it depends. Does I think it depends on what you're drinking. I, I went to a when I was in Hobart during the Last Ashes, and I just kind of dropped these things in to make you feel jealous, John. Mm, of course, mm. you understand. <laughs> um, I I did go into a a specialist gin shop, and they make quite a lot of gin in Hobart, as they do everywhere around the world. Um, in in a Tasmanian gin, and guys said, "All right, do you want it with some tonic, or do you want it, do you want it neat?" Um, and it was just a tiny little sample amount, and actually neat was the way. Mm. I wouldn't do it normally if I'm if I'm having a gin and tonic before dinner. So so actually, when I when I moved to my new flat a couple of years ago, I've got one is I've got a balcony at the back which leads down into the garden because I'm in a, I'm in a first and second floor flat, and the balcony at the back is not the balcony at the back; it's the gin terrace because where I where I sit, you know, before I while while dinner is on. So I'm, I'm taking us away from the pub environment. G and T squared because it's gin and tonic and terrace. Exactly the GTT. So you've got Tanqueray uh, number 10 as your spirit. Yep. What would be your second spirit? My second spirit is a very nice smoky PT single malt, mm. an Isla malt. And the reason that I'm asking for that is to make a cocktail, which again, going back into the making John jealous zone, I first had in a bar called Maybe Maze in Adelaide during the 2017 Ashes, and it's called a penicillin. And it's a mixture of, you know, it, it, it feels medicinal, but in a very good way. So it's it's a blend of 
standard scotch. You've got a honey and ginger syrup. You've got lemon in there as well. And then on the top, you've got a float of a smoky peaty Isla whiskey. So you drink it through the float of whiskey on the top. And it's just gorgeous. So the, the single malt sort of is separate from the scotch. Yeah, so so the scotch, so you mix up, mix it up. So you've got your scotch, you've got your lemon and ginger syrup, your, your honey and ginger syrup, you've got your lemon juice, you've got your ice. You mix all that up and then you float the whiskey on the top of it. Oh, wow. Mm. Are we talking Laphroaig here? or You could definitely be talking a Laphroaig. You'd be talking mm. my language if you were talking a Laphroaig. <laughs> I can't remember what the whiskey was that we had in Adelaide, but I do know that, um, that I outdrunk the England women's cricket team on one particular night in Adelaide. What, combined? <laughs> no, just a couple of them. <laughs> Heather, Heather Knight decided to go to bed slightly earlier and I was still there. And I thought, yes, I've beaten the England women's team in a drinking contest. So is there a specific Isla malt uh, that you like? Well, I think I think Laphroaig is, is, the, is the classic one. So we, we'll, we'll, mm. we'll take a Laphroaig, I think. Superb. So tankery number 10 and Laphroaig heading into Ellie's Dream Pub. But we must adjourn to the very elaborate leather chairs here in the Moon Underwater Pub Library uh, for the most recent edition, Robin. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Thanks, John. Yes, this week in the Pub Library, I've returned again to One for the Road, the anthology of pubs and poetry put together by Helen Morton, Stuart McConey. And this is a really good poem by Moira Garland, and the reason I was cho- choosing this one is because it's called The Cardigan Arms, uh, which I believe, I think it might be The Cardigan Arms in Leeds. I think that's what she's referring to. And it's a really interesting poem because it's a villanelle. You don't see many villanelles around these days. Do not go gentle into that good night's a famous villanelle. It's where the lines kind of repeat in a certain order through the poem. And this is about remembering going to The Cardigan Arms. And she's got this image of the they'd have their washing... Uh, on the line, I guess, in the pub garden or outside. So this is called the, the Cardigan Arms. The cardie's still there, but I never go in. A bodiless jacket embracing you, or a washing line of woolies in the wind. The oldies would sit on a green leather bench, staring ahead, supping their brew. The cardie's still there, but I never go in. The oldies moved, their houses have been pulled down. Sky TV now, though. Better than a washing line of woolies in the wind. New Year's Eve, Joyce the landlady, singing, all pissed. None of us had a clue. The cardie's still there, but I never go in. In the upstairs room there was dancing, a striking miner's benefit due. More than a washing line of woolies in the wind. Drinking, laughing, all for the asking. Mild, bitter, friends we all knew. The cardie's still there, I'd never go in. A washing line of woolies whistling down the wind. So there we go. It's a very nice poem called The Cardigan Arms by Moira Garland. And it very much touches on what we were talking about, the pub of a thousand ciders. Yeah, things just don't last, do they? So I wonder what part of Leeds that's in, actually, because I kind of I'm, I'm picturing in my in my mind's eye, I'm picturing the, the streets around around Headingley. Well, in the in the bio, she says, yeah, she uh, uh, I think she grew up in York and she discovered a taste for real ale in Huddersfield in Leeds. And the cardigan arms I could find was in was in Leeds. Okay, I see where yeah. it, see, exactly search, it is. But sorry, areas. carry on. Because I know I know that you know because around Headingley there are, it's quite a studenty area, and there are lots of student houses. I mean those those 
wonderful areas where, you know, you know there's there's a, a really rough pub at the end of a, a street full of terraces and and bins outside and bins overflowing with bottles and so on. If it's the one that we think it is, it's by Burley Park Station, so just northwest Leeds by Kirkstall. Okay. Yeah, it's about 15 minutes walk south of Headingley. Okay, well, because of course one of the ends at, at Leeds is the Kirkstall Lane end. Mm. Lovely. So that's Moira Garland, The Cardigan Arms. Poem really about loss and is progress progress. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Nostalgia. Yeah, yeah the carpet at the stag's head around the corner from Broadcasting House has clearly not made any progress. It's exactly as it ever was. <laughs> we also have a jukebox here at the Moon Underwater. And Ellie, you, you, you hinted at your choice for the jukebox. So what are you going to add to it? Well, actually, I'm not putting any, I'm not putting any choral music on, on the jukebox. Um, I mean, you know, because the choir in the corner. Oh, yeah, you don't want a double choir, do you? I mean, you know, you could, you could kind of feed them beer and say, <laughs> right, OK, now I want some Stanford. Or give us, you know, a psalm setting. What if, what if you want Love Shack or something they like that? They could do that. Then, you know. I reckon. I reckon they can do that. You know, it might, might be in, in a polyphonic style, but, you know, they could probably still do Love Shack. <laughs> I am, I'm, I'm going to, again, go quite Route 1. So I'm going back to the, the Route 1 uh, London Pride and giving you Fleetwood Max Rumours. Yes. Mm, and who doesn't no, like Fleetwood true. Max Rumours? Because, uh, yeah, it was probably the first album I ever bought. Or it probably wasn't the first album I ever bought. It's the first album I will admit to ever buying because the ones that I bought before that are too embarrassing, but they might have been the Osmonds. So anyway, so I'm giving you Rumours by Fleetwood Mac because every single track on that album is absolutely brilliant and it never ages. And, you know, and my, my kids who are in their early 20s love it as much as I do. So I discovered it at that time in my life at the same time as as I played it to them and it it's just, yeah, it's just the best. It's amazing, isn't it? Well, yeah, literally every song is superb. Yeah, I mean the hits, you know, so obviously "Don't Stop" and "Go Your Own Way," and we're all we're all the big, the big, big hits. But then, well, I mean, obviously, "You Make Loving Fun" is just an incredible song, and "Songbird" is, well, I mean, you know, maybe I'll have that. Maybe I'll have that at my funeral. Oh wow. Never Going Back Again is one of the hardest songs to play on the acoustic, on the guitar. The finger-picking style is completely insane. Isn't, isn't that on a mandolin in the original? Oh, it might be. It might be with the mandolin on it. Um, I think it's in, a, it's in a strange tuning, but he does this amazing kind of um, three-against-two thing with his thumbs and fingers. It's very, very hard. <laughs> it's one of those classic albums that sort of should have worn thin by now, but it's so good that it, that it hasn't. And... It does seem they they do seem to have remained cool, Fleetwood Mac. Oh, they were very very uncool for a long yeah. time. Yeah, they went they went through their uncool phase and they've looped back. But young people do like Fleetwood Mac today. Well, they like Rumours, don't they? I mean, I don't know how many of the other Fleetwood Mac albums that they you know Tango in the Night, perhaps. Well, the album Fleetwood Mac is also great, and I I don't I'm I'm not averse to Tusk. But I, I think we, everyone's kind of moved past that kind of, you know, what's it called, embarrassing tastes or, you know. Mm. Oh, well, I know. I mean, I think when I was when I was in my teens, you know, you were either really, really cool and you read NME and you liked, you know, you, you liked really kind of quite, you liked the Ramones and, and you, you listened to the jam and, um, and, and you'd been to the gigs by the police before anyone knew who the police were and so on, or you listened to hair metal. 
and mm. you know and you had rainbow albums so i'm talking about me and my brothers so my brothers were they 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 had rainbow albums and they like white snake and that kind of thing and i looked down upon these musical genres in in the most appallingly snobbish way and i now feel a bit embarrassed about that because you know if you can't rock out to you know a bit of white snake in fact, I, was, I did rock out to a bit of White Snake not that long ago in the Hundred Club <laughs> because it was Charles Dagnall, Henry Moran, and in fact Matt, Mark Butcher. Going back to my cricket mates, they had a, a one night only um, fundraising thing, which they they um, they performed. What what was it? Uh, Ready and Willing by White Snake. Well, there you go. Well, what a meeting of minds. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Ellie, in your pub, uh, you have one more choice. It joins Fuller's London Pride, Western Cider, Pickapool de Pine, generic beer stubbies, ideally in view of a bay in France, Tankery Number no. 10 and uh, Lafroig in order to make a penicillin cocktail, which sounds fantastic. Uh, what's going to be your wildcard choice? My wildcard choice is something that, again, I feel very late, late to the party on, and that is an Aperol Spritz, which is... The, the thing that people went on about, I kind of reckon about seven or eight years ago, and they'd say, yeah, we were on the Aperol Spritzes at lunchtime and it was great and it was kind of classic. Hey, girls, girls, we're going to go and we're going to go mad on Aperol Spritzes at lunch. Or what? You know. It was definitely a year at the fringe where it was, that was what everyone sponsored was drinking. by Aperol, wasn't it? You know, it was one of those, yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd mentioned the Commonwealth Games actually just now and I was in Birmingham this summer for the Commonwealth Games and they were great. We had such a laugh. And... We seem to get drawn all the time to the Canal House in Birmingham. I don't know if you've been there. It's, it's quite a big pub. It's, it's on the Canal, funnily enough, not far from Broad Street. And it was sponsored by Aperol. And the weather was just glorious. You know, we had ridiculous blue skies most days. And quite often because, you know, there were days when we were really busy. I was doing a lot of the cricket down at Edgbaston. But, you know, if we finished early, then we'd, we'd just think, well, let's just all meet at the Canal House and... Have a few nice chilled, icy cold con- condensation on the outside of the glass, orange, bit of ice, Aperol spritzes. And that, there was actually one notable day when we were on about the fourth round, I think, and we all, all kind of did a big cheer. So it was it was Aggers, it was Charlotte, who was our producer, Alex Hartley and Jeff Lemon, who is one of my absolute favourite commentators of all time, great Australian journalist. 
and we all clinked our glasses together and the the, the bottom of the glass, so they had these stemmed glasses, but the, the stand, the bottom of the glass on Jeff's glass just broke off and it just snapped with the, with the you know, not very big force of everyone uh, cheersing each other. So he had to put his Aperol spritz glass in a bottle, an empty um, Heineken bottle, and he drank <laughs> his spritz with the with the bottle was the holder and, and that's that's what he used to drink his his, his aperol. So so yeah, I'm I just so an, an, a nice chilled aperol spritz in the sunshine, in the canal house, oh, on the yes. banks banks of the of the canal in Birmingham. Lovely lovely image there of the aperol spritz amongst friends with its unique flavour of earwax. <laughs> well, I don't really like very sweet drinks. No. And and actually, that's one of the other things that draws me to to that is that it's it's got that that just enough bitterness. Can be quite it. refreshing when yeah. you have a bitter drink. I think. I think so. Yes, it's got the taste of bitters, hasn't it? Like uh, Angostura bitters, which can be quite nice in a in a just a soda water, for example. Yes, I can't really do a Campari spritz. That's a bit too bitter. No, for me. yeah, we're getting into Negroni territory there. I thought that would actually really, yeah. Ellie, you've mentioned over the course of your time here at the Moon Underwater many dream pub companions, but we now must leave the Johnny Come Flyby Nightlies to twiddle their thumbs for a second uh, because we head for the Patreon only choice of your dream pub companion. If you'd like to support this pub on Patreon, head to moonunderpod.com and click through to the link. You don't just get the bonus choice, you also get access to the bonus podcast behind the cellar door. You get ad-free episodes, you get your name potentially in the patron's poem, and also membership of the Moon Underwater Social Club on Facebook, a hustling, bustling vibe exchange of pub-based ideas. But if you can't do that, or would you would rather not, that's absolutely fine as well. But we will return to you very shortly. Well, we're back. We're back from uh, Ellie's dream chat, which I... I think I it wouldn't be breaking the uh, Patreon secrecy to say did end up in a chat about sexy Rogers, um, yeah. who's the sexiest Roger, uh, and that debate will rage. Yeah, well, good. Do you know that um, Frank Skinner interviewed Kenny Rogers uh, once, and he said, "Because do, do Kenny Rogers doesn't didn't he own a, own a chicken farm, and they were called Kenny Rogers Chickens." Something like that. No. Yeah. Really. This sounds like urban myth. <laughs> yeah. And Frank Skinner said, do you, do you know Rogers has a different meaning in the UK? And he goes, yeah, it means to make love. And Frank Skinner goes, yeah, with some force. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Well, what a, what an image. Yeah, sorry about that. Kenny Rogers chickens. I'm going to have to Google that now. Sorry. You're barred. Ellie, we've got two little bits of admin um, yes. for your dream pub. We need to bar something, a behaviour, an item, a mood, a smell, a vibe. I feel quite strongly about this. Mm-hmm. It's loud music and DJs. Loud music and DJs? Yes, yes, possibly the combination of the two. I mean, well, I mean, the reason for this is obvious, but is because I go to the pub to have conversation with interesting people including my cricket companions, hopefully you two at some point. If I wanted to go to a nightclub, I would go to a nightclub. But I want to go to the pub to have a drink with my friends and to have a conversation with my friends. And Manchester, I am looking at you 
particularly on this because on a few occasions you know because five live are based in manchester so you know we have some good nights out particularly around christmas and normally you know you you go somewhere you might go to a bar around the corner from work and then you head into the northern quarter in manchester and it's the, the black dog ballroom is one of the the, the notorious places and I, I will be in there for 10 minutes maximum and i realized that I cannot hear what my colleagues, my friends are saying, and I cannot make myself heard. And quite often it's the night before I've got to do the breakfast program the next day. And I know that if I'm standing there shouting something in response to a question which I have misheard. So I'm I'm, you know, I'm kind of shouting something which I think is the correct and an an appropriate response to something which I couldn't hear because my blooming DJ is is is, is blasting music in my in my ear holes and I will leave very quickly because I think if I carry on shouting in this pub I'm not going to be able to do the breakfast program tomorrow morning so it's not the point of going to a pub there's nothing worse than a conversation that you're trying to have over loud music mm. where both parties just give up mm. yeah on oh, they're like yeah. oh it just doesn't matter and you're like no what was it and you're like no, I can't and, and so you end up stood there yeah the worst thing is being in a pub and it's nice and quiet and you see someone come in with the decks. Yes. And they start setting up and you're just like, ah. Oh. What are you doing in Manchester? Not in the Pev or in the Britain's Protection, two of the great pubs. Well, that's a very, 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 very good question. Maybe that's where we need to have the, the Radio Sport Christmas party this year. Yeah. Oh, the Pev. The Pev. The Peveril of the Peak and uh, oh. the Britain's Protection, two of the... Oh, I do know where the Britain's the... Protection is. I've never been inside. I did I did end up actually speaking of, of pubs with music during the aforementioned Commonwealth Games we had a because and we were working very very hard we didn't spend our whole time drinking Aperol spritz in the in the canal house but we were working hard and it was a night where I had presented five live sport from the netball and the boxing so multi-venuing on that particular evening and I was heading back into the centre of town and I messaged the group chat and said where where is everybody and Alex Hartley responded and said we're in the walkabout and I said, you are kidding me. Wow. The walkabout. And she said, nope, that's where we are. And posted a picture of them all sitting around the table in the walkabout, including our esteemed cricket correspondent, Jonathan Agnew, who had never been anywhere like the walkabout ever. I can't have Agus in a walkabout. I can't. He, well, he, he loved the fact that the, uh, the Chardonnay was very cheap. <laughs> um, and so the music was playing. So everything I've said about loud music in pubs it's fine until you decide that actually the music is so loud then just i've got to dance i've got to get up there and dance and and this appalled my daughters when i told them that i'd been dancing in the walkabout on broad street to you know the communards or or abba or whatever was on um agas kept going up to the dj booth and trying to get them to play neil diamond <laughs> oh I, do you know what i can i can have agas in a walkabout you can picture it and he yeah. had, and his dance style was just remarkable stick insect like but but with the possible exception of that one night during the commonwealth games when we were in the walkabout and we had an extremely good night no loud music in pubs mm. I, I yeah i can't see the the choir sort of fighting for supremacy with a, a dj in your pub ellie that's the kind of music i want in my pub and rumors hurry up please it's time Your pub has views of Lords, views of the sea. It has um, an extraordinary cocktail, the penicillin cocktail, where the uh, the Lefroig floats 
atop the honey and ginger and lemon and scotch. It's got a peril spritz. It's got aperol spritz. It's got uh, tankery number 10, Picapol de Pine, beard as moulin slash door slash deluxe, full as London pride and western cider. It also has lowish chairs with lumbar support where you can look sideways, but you can also lean back if someone's boring you. That is quite key. But what are we going to call it? Well, oddly enough, Robin kind of prefigured this when we were talking about the Queen's funeral. My pub is going to be called The Heart and Soul. So the heart, as in the White Heart, which is the pub at the end of my name, end of my road rather, it's the heart as in Herbert Howells's towering Like as the Heart, probably the greatest choir anthem of all time, and soul as in soul limbo, the music from oh, Test yes, Match Special. Nice. Oh, yes. So, so my pub is called The Heart, H-A-R-T, and Soul. Mm, that's a great name for a pub. I'm surprised that's not not a more common pub name. Yeah, yeah, you'd think, wouldn't you? Oh, what a superb name for a superb pub. It took me a long time to come up with that, so I'm <laughs> glad you approve. Well, Ellie, we thank you so much for your time here in The Moon Underwater, and the heart and soul is yours to take with you wherever you need it the most back in the other realm. So we bid you fair journey back and uh, thank you so much for coming it's been an absolute joy and delight and i'll see you for that pint of not london pride in the mcc members bar before too long oh yes please sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.